Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football, where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. Welcome. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. I'm your host. If this is your first time, welcome to the process. If you are a repeat offender, welcome back. We won't hold it against you. Excited to be here talking about some week seven fantasy football with you. You guys may have just heard, I don't know if you heard that little noise that just happened, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm excited. I got a new fancy little office chair. I put it together, lickety split time yesterday. So if I fall on my ass, you guys are going to know exactly what the scenario was. But anyway, excited to talk about week seven with you. There's a lot going on in football this week. A lot of teams surging forward. There are a lot of teams trying to make a move. Teams trying not to abandon playoff hopes. We have players trying not to be replaced, injured players, suspended players coming back. There's a lot going on in football, and we're going to help you stay ahead of it, where we live in reality here in the process, not in the fictional world, where we have hopes and dreams, and that's what we go on. Nope. This is factual-based. So, again, if you are new, welcome aboard. Um, Last week... Had a pretty good DFS week. We're going to try to keep that going. We're going to keep more focus on the DFS part. Um, the picks are already up. The picks for the week are up, but the DFS picks too. When I say picks for the week, guys, I'm talking about two different things. Um, I give you uh, my picks for each game. Who I like? I, I'll tell you, you know, who the matchups are and who I think will win. And we're keeping tally of that, so you can keep tally of my record. I'm just over 500 for the year. But there's also um, the DFS picks for the week, which is the gold for you all. That is also on the website. That is where you can go and you can literally see who I've chosen for each week. We talk about it in this podcast, but you can also review it there. Sometimes it helps to visually see it when you're listening to it and trying to make these decisions on your phone too. I would recommend all of that. So just a little tip for you there. But the process has got your back. Hopefully your fantasy football seasons have been going okay. If they've been going rough, you got to keep at it. We don't give up here at the process. Tiger Bombers, that's not what we're all about. We don't cry for ourselves. We dig in. We roll our sleeves up and we keep on moving forward. This is not the time to be folding the table. This is not the time to go home. We got to do what we got to do. If you are on the winning side of things, kudos to you. You got work to do too. We got to stay there. It's not complacency. That's not going to win us anything. It's like a prevent defense. And we all know that only prevents you from winning. So we won't do a prevent podcast. We're going to keep them pedal to the metal in all the ways possible. Now, before we get into our week seven stuff, I mean, we got it all like usual. Would you rather, you know, the the housekeeping i know for some of you guys that's that's the favorite it's all here but before we get into all of that let's help the new folks understand exactly where they can find us because we're all over the place first of all the website like i just talked about www.tigerbombsae.com you can go there click on the process page you can also See everything else. The picks are there. The DFS picks. The podcast is there too. So that's a nice resource to see everything we do. Everything that Tiger Bomb does. There's other podcasts too. You can check it all out there. 
Now, if you want to listen to this on the go, you want to listen to this at night, you want to listen to this on your drive, on your commute, that's what it's for. We got you. Like that, that's literally what it is for. So, Spotify, iTunes, all that fancy stuff. Just search by the company name, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. If you just put Tiger Bomb, some weird stuff's gonna come up. Okay, like if you put, you know, just Tiger Bomb Sport, I don't know, but I'm telling you, if you search by the whole name, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, boom, there it is. You'll see our cool little logo there, and you want to hit the like or subscribe button so this way you can catch all the new episodes. You'll catch all the podcasts from Tiger Bomb, but most importantly, you catch the process. If you're a social media type of person, Facebook, Twitter, here's the thing: on the process, when you go to the website. You click on the process page when you scroll down, um, but you can also click on to the Facebook page from the process page as well. Like there's a little football like logo, I think, on the website. If you click it, it just takes you right to the Facebook page too. But whether you're on Facebook or Twitter, same thing. It's at the process TBSAE, at the process TBSAE. Search for us there. And guys, stay tuned. We're going to have probably next week another announcement about another cool way you can listen to the process. But that's it for now. And then the email finally to the process at tigerbombsae.com. Use the email if you want to hit me up. Talk to me about some extended trade. You have some scenario, some conundrum, something like that. All right, now that we got the ultra important information out of the way, time to search forward with our week seven uh, analysis of this slate. And we're going to start with a well-known segment around these parts. I think you guys are going to like what we have in store this week. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. Time for a little housekeeping for week seven. And man, I'm sweating it out as the Tigers are facing off with Mississippi State in the background here behind me. Go Tigers. Hopefully they can pull this one off here. Excuse me, my head just hit the mic. Um, But we got some housekeeping to do for this week. And the first thing that I need to mention is really just about our mentality when we're playing, you know, fantasy sports. And this is whether it's DFS or whether it's seasonal, but we need to play with reason. We need to play with intelligence. This is going to be the edge that we use on our opponents we cannot play with our heart we cannot play with hope those are the things that won't separate us from anybody especially if we need some wins right now so what we really what i mean by this is you have to be able to assess when you got to trade high you know or you know dish low on value you got to be savvy is what we're really talking about right here because the same old plays will get you the same old results. And so, you know, you need to make a move basically is what we're getting at. So, you know, I say this with all sincerity, let's play with some reason. You have to be reasonable. 
look at things like statistics. I, I, you know, I'm not being funny. People making decisions based on name alone. You cannot afford to do that. If you are not sitting high at the top of the podium, you got to do something about it. So we got to start digging in. Let's start looking at what's going on. And luckily you have the process. We really break it down for you. You have the advantage of your information and my information. And I'm giving you a nice core to build with. I do it every week. So hopefully it's good enough for you too. Um, but look, play with reason, not with heart, not with hope. That's not going to win you anything, especially when we're talking about DFS. You got to play with reason. You're going to think it's unreasonable to play this dude. He's a second wide receiver. This is, or he's not in the greater system or the matchup is tougher, but we have to be reasonable. If it's a GPP, you need to separate yourself. If it's not a GPP, don't get cute with it. If it's cash games, we don't get style points. You don't get more points because you picked the dude from your home team. It, it doesn't work that way. Play with reason is my ultimate housekeeping note for the week. That's why we started with it as the first one. So there we go. We got that out of the way. Now let's move on to some more practical stuff. Um, some things to keep in mind. Stay on top of the injuries. Don't let something like injuries kill the year for you. So what I mean by that is you got to know, you know, especially who the next man up is with regard to your players. And this is how we can get a leg on top of people knowing things like Josh Oliver is going to play for Swaim now, you know, and when we think about that production that the um, Shaughnessy and Swaim shared for the Jaguars tight end position. You know, this is a lot of promise for Oliver. So staying on top of those injuries, you know, um, there'll be people hurting for a tight end, but slow to the grab right there. You know, we have to be on top of everything. The bigger your league, the more on top of you have to be. So you have to put those notifications on your phone, stuff like that. I know it seems like a drastic move, but you're asking me, how do you win? That's how you win, especially if you're averse to trading. So, you know, it's just something to think about there. Um, in conjunction with playing with reason and staying on top of the injuries and stuff, listen, guys, this next note, <clears throat> look, you can't keep, we can't keep waiting on injured or suspended guys, okay? We cannot do it. It costs too much to do this. Um, it's week seven. The fantasy playoffs are virtually around the corner. So we can't keep waiting on somebody. I mean, and a lot of times people know this in their core. I saw the most drastic thing this week in one of my leagues. Somebody drafted Kareem Hunt, which I would have advised against. Then held Kareem Hunt for six weeks and then dropped him. Now all of a sudden, like he's about to come back, but now all of a sudden you dropped him after sacrificing that whole spot. This is what I meant a couple of weeks ago when I told you guys that we're going to have more roster spots than other people because we're not coveting um, certain players in the same type of way. 
We don't have to. If we were ever interested in that guy, he's there right there. And I didn't have to hold him all year for him to be there, right? Nobody else is jumping on him either, which further serves our purpose, our point, really. You have to do something. If you're not sitting in the cat's bird seat right now, that means if you're not ahead, okay? If you're not in the driver's seat, you can't keep waiting. You, you know, think about this from a practical standpoint. The Melvin Gordon owners, they waited all that time. He finally came back. Is he popping off yet? I don't think so. So here we, so, you know, they're still waiting. You, you have to understand how important it is to start winning now. There is no more time. Like we're, we're at that juncture where things need to start going your way if they haven't already. I have one league in particular where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm three and three and I'm stressing, but here's the reality of it. And I'm like an eighth, but here's the reality of it, guys. The leader, the person in first four and two. So we're all, you know what I mean? Unless you're in some scenario like that, you know, you're in eighth place, you know, that's a game that could swing, right? I'm talking about the people that are definitively down there. Wake up. This is for you. This is not time to be like, oh, not me. No, stand up, you know, shout it. I need help. That's what all this is about. You need help and we're going to give it to you. So what you got to do, first and foremost, stop coveting these players and actually do something that I'm going to keep advising. You got to trade on that promise. Trade on that promise that you coveted for some sure production that we would have seen in 2019 thus far. You got to trade. You've been holding on to some dude forever in a day. If you can go get Calvin Ridley from him, sure, he's not, you know, uh, uh, Jones, uh, Julio Jones, but he's Calvin Ridley. You know, we have to be practical. We have to try to get points where, we're, where we had not had any before. You can't be upset when you trade on promise on somebody that you have not seen one point from and somebody's going to give you a sure thing from 2019 thus far already. You know, and then we talk about when somebody gets back, they're not just going to be popping off right away. So you have to make these moves right now to keep yourself in the game. This is how we take advantage of weaker opponents in our league. So that's why I keep drilling that stuff to you. And then our last housekeeping note here for this week is going to be for the DraftKings contest. Um, look, this is really important. This is really important. Some people are getting to the habit of I'm going to sit down right now and enter in all my lineups right now that I'm going to play. You might not be able to do that because the way that we teach you to play, which if you don't know, go back and listen to the DFS primer. I have a whole 30 minute podcast that get like no, I cannot stress to you guys how nowhere else will you find this volume of information on the week to week basis for that matter for free that I'm giving to you guys. The work that is poured in is relentless and the information is impeccable if I do say so myself. But go back and listen to that DFS primer that's good free information. Um, but it gives you the basis to understand what I'm talking about when I say the contest that we need to be playing. Now, if you are in there and you're picking and you still have money in your bankroll that you intend to use as a part of your budget, then the move is not, okay, all of those, you know, certain kinds of games are gone. Let me go ahead and pick this one because it's the same price too. It's also a dollar. No, don't do that. That's how they get you. You got to wait because they repopulate the, you know, they repopulate 
um, sort of the lobby. That's the word I'm looking for. They repopulate the lobby with these contests once they fill up. You think the contest, like you think these contests didn't fill up many times over during the week, many times over from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know what I mean? So you just need to wait, be patient. Then you go back in and then you flip the rest of your bankroll that was intended as a part of your budget on the contest you want. Don't pick contests you don't want. Don't pick contests you're not used to playing. That's how they get your money. So those are our housekeeping notes for this week. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed those tips and those that little, you know, you know, come to the truth moment for ourselves. But this is going to serve us well as we look to carry forward. We got to have an eye towards the future right now because the fantasy playoffs are around the corner. So, um, you know, I know I know it's like, you know, really, we have several weeks left, but I'm trying to help you build some momentum. I'm trying to create a sense of urgency that needs to be there right now. If you do this, if you do this, this will be the difference of making the playoffs, not sneaking in, not being the last spot. Maybe you are the second to last or, you know, middle of the pack or something. So let's make this move together. But that's been housekeeping for week seven. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. Time for the week seven round of Would You Rather. We're just going to run through a bunch of players that I would rather play over a bunch of other players. And the practicality of this, guys, is just that so you understand in a comparison scenario where I feel about certain players. Lots of times especially for seasonal people trying to pick up something on the wire to carry you through the week you want to know you know should i get this guy or should i get that guy so that is the whole point of this segment is to give you guys that's why some of these people are going up against multiple different would you rathers it's like one guy against him one guy against him because i want to see i want you to see where i sort of put everybody in the spectrum on the course of one week okay so here we go. So for week seven, um, would you rather DJ Chark or George Kittle? I think they're both in pretty good spots, but we're going to go with George Kittle this week in a soft matchup for him. DJ Chark or Larry Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald may get a little attention, but the Giants are terrible. We'll take Fitzgerald this week. Um, Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell? Let's go with Le'Veon Bell. They're both in tough spots, but Bell has the pass catching um, virtue added to him and just way more touches in my opinion. Brandon Cooks or Kenny Galladay? Uh, the Falcons can't stop anybody. Cooks. Brandon Cooks or DJ Chark? I'll go with Chark. I mean, he's not in a terrible spot. I just, you know, Ch uh, Cooks is more of a GPP thing this week. Todd Gurley or Hunter Henry? I'll go with Todd Gurley, that goal line work, baby. Todd Gurley or James White? I'll go with Todd Gurley, that goal line work, baby. Carlos Hyde or Matt Breida? Let me get Matt Breida this week. I think him and Coleman are both poised to succeed. Adam Thielen or Julian Edelman? Edelman, the Jets are atrocious. They can't stop anything. Thielen's got a tough matchup. Josh Jacobs or Sony Michelle? Josh Jacobs. Adam Thielen or Michael Gallup? Let me. I'll take Michael Gallup this week if the Cowboys can stop punching themselves in the face. Alshon Jeffrey or Calvin Ridley? Let me go with Calvin Ridley. Excuse me, Calvin Ridley this week in a cushy matchup, just because uh, Jalen Ramsey can't cover everybody in the secondary. Leonard Fournette or Chris Carson? Fournette in the plush matchup. John Brown or Calvin Ridley? 
I don't think John Brown's going to have as much success as everybody else thinks he will this week. That's going to be one of my tough fades, and I'll say Calvin Ridley. Mark Andrews or Mike Williams? Andrews in a tough, in a great spot this week. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews or Allen Robinson? Mark Andrews. Larry Fitzgerald or Stefan Diggs? I'll go with Larry Fitzgerald. Diggs is in a tough spot. Zach Ertz or Terry McLaurin? The 49ers are stopping everything. Let me get Ertz. Frank Gore or David Montgomery? Frank Gore, the true plotter. Saquon Barkley or David Johnson? I know better than to go against Saquon. I'll go with Mr. Barkley. Jordan Howard or James White? I think this is turning into Jordan Howard's job. I'll take him. Marlon Mack or Kerryon Johnson? Mm, middling in terms of my opinion of both this week, but I'll go with Marlon Mack. Mark Ingram or Josh Jacobs? I will have to side with Josh Jacobs in this one. Seattle, a little tough. We'll talk about on the ground. Le'Veon Bell or Cooper Cup? I'll take Cooper Cup. I'll take Cooper Cup. And Tyler Lockett or Adam Thielen? Both in tough spots. Let me get Tyler Lockett. Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry? I'll take Dalvin Cook. I like that. Joe Mixon or Tevin Coleman? Coleman for sure. Chris Carson or Aaron Jones? Tough. I'll take Chris Carson. Terry McLaurin or DJ Metcalf? Tough. I'll take DJ Metcalf. And finally, TJ, or excuse me, TJ, T.Y. Hilton, the man, T.Y. Hilton. Or Keenan Allen, another tough one. I'll go with T.Y. Hilton. All right, well, there you go. That's the Would You Rather for Week 7. Now you guys know who I would rather face with all those different matchups, and hopefully it gives you a better idea of who you would rather for Week 7. And now it's time for the process to reload. Here we go. Week seven. Gotta make it good. First game. Dolphins at Bills. The Dolphins are tragic. My Dolphins are just a woefully bad team. And, you know, the players that they do have that can be good players are starting to get exacerbated by the situation. So they don't even want to play. You know what I mean? So Xavier and Howard kind of been getting, you know, smoked the last couple of weeks. I think this is just another player that's just doing what he can to get traded. Kenyon Drake also trying to get out of town too. So, you know, we can't really recommend anybody on the Dolphins side of the ball um, just because we had to recognize what's going on there. It's tough right now to be a Dolphins fan. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter who they have, whether it's, you know, Fitzmagic or Rosen or some combination of the crappy two that plays some combination of the quarters. It's going to be pretty desperate. Um the Bills, pretty good defense. So it's like, you know, we can't really recommend any of the wide receivers, which is typically the only things you ever really want for the Dolphins. But in the DFS section, we will talk about the price point of this defense this weekend because it is an historic anomaly, which may give us interest on that aspect. Um, but no, the Dolphins offensive line ranks dead last in both pass blocking and run blocking. So, you know, that bodes well for this Bills defense, which is fierce anyway. Josh Allen still has never thrown for 260 yards in an NFL game. So, you know, he has a good reputation, but it's not like he's ever blown anybody up. He's his, you know, he only has five touchdown passes this year and he has seven interceptions. The supplement for him is the running. That's why he's good this week, because he can um, obviously run against this Dolphins defense. The games where he can't get the run off are the, are the problems for him and them. 
Um, Zay Jones now in Oakland, so Williams is you know trying to get asserted as a number three receiver, but it's not like they're going to force anything to him. They won't need to be doing that this week. Um, you know they have Frank Gore. Gore is also the team's primary uh, goal line back, so they gave him all six of the team's. Um, you know, uh, running back opportunities inside the five yard line so far this year. So he's their guy inside the goal line. That's who's getting the touches. That's why he's like a cash game play for his price this week. So, you know, again, you can go with Allen because of the running upside. It's not that he's going to blow it out of the water in the air. You can go with Gore because of the price being so low. Um, you know, probably face Singletary. Um, but for seasonal, you could play Singletary in the flex. I know I might have to. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he can provide. Um, we know he has that big game upside. We know that. We know that. We know that. Um, the wide receivers, like I said, I'm fading John Brown um, just because, you know, Xavier Howard, not the toughest matchup, but should be like middle of the road, I guess. Um, I do like Cole Beasley a lot this week, though, because somebody's going to have to get this production, and I think he can benefit. Knox may be interesting looking into the end zone um, when they get down there, just to, you know, go line target. Um, but um, certainly the defense is in play. That's our cash game defense for the week. The, uh, the Bills should win this one. Um, it'll just be a matter of just how bloody does this fight get. Reload. All right, next game is the Saints at the Bears. And a couple things. Uh, Cook is dealing with the injury. He is out. So is Kamara. So both of them are going to miss this game. Um, the Saints rank top six in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs. So that... You know, so that's pretty good. Um, they're going to be stout on the ground. The Bears continue to have problems running the ball. So I see that as an issue in this game, too. Um, it is going to be about, you know, can Mitch beat you down the field, which we know he won't be able to. Um, just to be quite honest, Allen Robinson is going to be covered by Marshawn Lattimore in the, um, you know, shadow scenario. So it's the other guys we need to be looking at. Mitch needs to. You know, dare I say it, check through those progressions. And he's going to have to look for them all. He's going to have to look for Trey Burton, he's, who has not been involved at all. He's going to have to look for, and they can put him in the slot too, which is crazy. They got to get him involved. He could look to Taylor Gabriel. He could look to Miller. All these guys trying to get involved. All these guys trying to have some momentum. So I think that's going to be where the opportunity lies this week. It is going to be tough sledding on the ground, especially... Um, because they just haven't really got the run game going. It's the offensive line. That's been the problem. That's been the real big issue for the Bears. But on the Saints side of things, sorry, I'm getting a little overpoured there. But on the Saints side of things, you know, this paves the way for Latavius Murray. I think, honestly, the way to beat the Bears is to run on them. Akeem Hicks is out. They put him on injured reserve. He's done for the year. So that's the big weakness of this defense is running directly up the middle. Is You know, you don't run on the edge near Mac and stuff like that, but you do run right up at them. So I like this. You could probably even run directly. That's what you do. You attack them with the run, though. So Murray, I think, is better than the peripheral style, you know, that Kamara can benefit from. Um, I think they can still, with the offensive line, they have line up and run it. It should be a you know grittier game. Uh, you know, it's in Chicago on the road. They're going to do what they can to protect Bridgewater. Um, and I think a part of that is going to be Murray. That's why we're going to recommend him as a cash game play this week. Um, <clears throat> so, again, Teddy Bridgewater probably going to fade him. It's going to be tough. We know the Bears have a pass rush. 
We know that Sean Payton probably not going to want to expose him to that in Chicago too much. Um, we do like Latavius Murray. Um, <clears throat> I think that it's going to be a tough day for these wide receivers. So I don't, I'm hesitant to recommend anybody. Obviously, if you have Michael Thomas in season or you're playing him outside of that, we could probably just fade it. Tight end, Cook is out. So, you know, not really interested in what's going on there with such a lack of preparation. Defense, I'm interested in, though. I'm interested. I'm interested. That's the path to victory here. This running back defense tandem for the Saints. Uh, on the Bears side of thing, Trubisky, both Trubisky and Chase Daniel together combined to throw 50% of their targets. 10 plus yards downfield as uncatchable. That ranks 31st, barely ahead of the Dolphins. So, not a very overwhelming team in terms of stretching the ball down the field we just said that the saints are good on the run so the bears path to victory has to be through the air and they just haven't been very good at that only nine percent of their carries have resulted in the first down or a touchdown that's worse by over five percent and the team has averaged 2.2 yards per carry that's 30th against stack boxes this season so the bears ain't gonna have too much luck on the ground i do not think this week i cannot recommend trubisky and or Daniel or any combination of the two when the other one gets knocked out of the game. Uh, it's going to be a tough sledding, but we can recommend the Saints defense. The Bears defense is going to do what they can to keep them in the game. But again, uh, without Hakeem Nicks in the middle or Hicks in the middle, you know, this is um, a severely weakened unit. Trey Burden, if you need him in seasonal, he's there. He's probably on the waiver wire. It's better than nothing, um, <clears throat> but it's hard to recommend him in any other scenario possible the wide receivers like i said Allen robinson you got him in seasonal you're playing and we could fade everything else because we just don't know if trubisky will be able to find these guys running the ball is going to be stout too so i'll fade those guys um i know it's on the road but this is tough um as a bears fan i'm gonna say i think the saints can win this game reload all right our next game is the rams at the falcons and everybody already knows about the whole big jalen ramsey trade so he's coming to town um, but, you know, as far as the Rams go, Malcolm Brown last week um, got a lot of the run. He may not play this week. Henderson is the one that's going to be backing up um, Gurley, who looks like he's going to go. So Gurley, again, we like the goal line play. But Henderson, especially on DraftKings and GPP formats, we'll talk about. We like him at that price. Um, ooh, excuse me. Interesting play there. If you need it in a seasonal, in a pinch, you could do that, too. Um, so he's there, but the Rams are having problems with the offensive line. No boom went down. That's when the trouble started last week. They didn't just stop running the ball. No boom went down and then, you know, things got precarious from there. So the Rams are going to have to figure out, they made these trades. They brought in the Sliman, um, as a part of the deal when Peters was shipped off to Baltimore, they bring in the, the extra offensive lineman from the Browns. Uh, hopefully hoping to shore up some issues there but the rams pretty much right now this is the problem is no pass protection no run blocking the rams are um they're a bottom 10 offense in the nfl right now the offensive line ranks 31st in pass blocking on p on pro football focus uh, grades and 27th in run blocking so that's been the real big issue right here the guys that they traded away they're sorely saffle they're sorely missing right now sorely missing um <clears throat> as far as the defense goes Akeem Tlaib is out he's got um you know a bit of an injury that he's dealing with and he's gonna be gone so you know this is all about what else so so they bring in Ramsey but it's all gonna have to be about what else they play opposite aside him as well um 
this is a big blow losing a key for the rest of the season. Maybe you had to be back for the playoffs, I guess, or something like that. But ultimately, right now, it's going to be about how quickly can they get Jalen Ramsey integrated. That's why I don't think he shadows this week. I think, you know, maybe he plays one side of the field, something like that, whichever he's more comfortable with. So the the Falcons will just look to work whatever he's opposite of, basically. And as he learns more of the playbook and stuff, then he'll be able to adjust to playing the way that he's, you know, used, used to and regimented to. So uh, the Rams are 15th in fantasy points given to running backs. They allow 25 points per game to them. So again, on the ground, you would think is the way for the Falcons to try to have some success. Um, Devonta Freeman has had some success in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I do think it's going to be tough sledding, though, still. Maybe at the goal line, Ido Smith can get in there. Um, Austin Hooper has now reached double-digit PPR points in five of six games, at least 20 points in three of those six. So he, he continues to be a main focus of Matt Ryan, um, who, again, should play against this um, weak Rams defense at this point um austin hooper leads all tight ends at fantasy points score too he has 110 of them that leads the position by 19 points and was ranked sixth a month wide receivers just ahead of julio jones so he continues to be a force they're going to keep looking to him um because obviously you know there's the the possibility that jones is you know covered up by Jalen ramsey um, but definitely, certainly the rest of those guys are in play too. I like a lot of these receivers, especially in seasonal format. If you need somebody that's not going to get you zero points, these are those guys, right? You could plug them in if that's the case. Um, we'd love to say that they're going to be able to run the ball. We'd love to say it, but it's just not what the Falcons do. Um, they have more of a complimentary run scenario. They try to attack with Matt Ryan. They could still attack whatever side Jalen Ramsey's not on. And we think that's going to be the preferred thing that they try to do. Um, but in this game, I, you know, it's going to be a tough one. It's in the dome. It's the Falcons are in the dome. But I think the Rams can pull this one out. Reload. All right. In our next game, the Jaguars at the Bengals. And we know how bad the Bengals are stopping the run. The Jaguars and Leonard Fournette, he ranks second in snaps. He's 365. He's third in carries. He's sixth in targets. He ranks second among all players in expected fantasy points per game. So, you know, he's a go this week for sure. All formats. DJ Chark faced shadow coverage from Marshawn Lattimore for the first time all of last week. And, uh,. You know, he had his worst game of the season, but he won't be shadowed this week. Um, we know the Bengals are hurting bad in the secondary. I just really feel that in order of importance, it's going to be Fournette first with the touches he gets, the run he gets. That's where the fantasy points are going. I know a lot of people are looking at all the players that are out in the Bengals secondary, but that's still the secondary way to attack this team in terms of what the Jaguars want to do, which is impose their will on the ground. So Minshew, if you need him in the pinch, but again, I just don't, I, I feel this is a four net game. I feel this is a four net game. Same thing for those wide receivers in the pinch. If you need them, sure, but I feel this is a four net game. Tight end, Josh Oliver. We talked about it already. He's suiting up for Swain, who's out for the year now. So big chance for him. Bengals are not that great against the tight end. So could be a good opportunity, especially if you need somebody in the seasonal format. You're trying to get the edge. It's a deep league. Go ahead and do that right now. 
defense-wise, probably don't need to, um, you know, worry too much about picking up the Jags. We don't know what they're going to be without Ramsey. Now they're going to have to adjust. Um, on the Bengals side of things, Tyler Boyd has seen zero end zone targets. He has 57 targets on the season, none to the end zone. So, you know, that makes like Auden Tate a little bit more enticing because I feel like that's the path right there through the air. Um, and, if, and Tyler Boyd can run up and down the field, then he's number one, but maybe we stack both of them. Um, the Bengals defense, they've, like I said, allowed the most fantasy points per game to the backfield this season, allowing 401 receiving yards to the position too. That's second most. So, you know, Foyer's going to catch some passes. He's going to get some runs. It's going to be a terrible day for them. Um, you know, it's going to be about the uh, Bengals trying to keep up on offense. So that's why, you know, you'll see I recommend a DFS. We go with, you know, Dalton. You compare him with both the wide receivers, in my opinion. Because they're just going to have to do a lot of work. Tyler Eifert is not dependable. And that defense will stay away. But the Jaguars should win this game. Reload. Alright, and our next one is the Vikings at the Lions. These poor Lions were just cheated last week. Just cheated, cheated, cheated. Um, but look, the Vikings trying to move forward. Make a statement in the division again. Um, center Garrett Bradbury is taking some steps forward. In week six, he um, had a clean slate for the second week in a row. in the game with a career-high passing blocking grade of 85.2. Um, so the dude is, you know, he was atrocious if you've been following the commentary all year um, in terms of what we've been noticing, what everybody's been noticing, but getting a little better, right? So that's good stuff right there. Um, th the Lions, the way to attack them is on the ground and specifically not even so much right up the middle it's on those perimeter runs and that's what the vikings running game is built on this is the perfect bad matchup for the Vi for the lions in my opinion and i do like dalvin cook a lot in this game i think he's in play the lions have turned out even though they wanted to be stout against the run they turned out to be a much better team against the pass so i really really am not interested in uh, Diggs or Thielen this week you guys if you've been following the commentary again you know I've been nailing from week to week which of those guys to play and I'm just not too high on either of them this week because the path to victory for the Vikings is a path that they like and are familiar with which is run first now they done fed the boys okay they done fed the boys the past couple of weeks so now it's time to get back to business on the ground. Um, we can fade Rudolph. The Vikings defense should be in place. Should be a low-scoring affair if you need them. Go on ahead and play that. On the Lions side, I think Kenny Galladay leads the league in uh, end zone targets. That's eight. And he's tied for the league in red zone targets. That's 16, despite this team already having had a bye. So that means that they are hyper-focused on him, which is why we now need to be hyper-focused on him. We want to be drawn to players with that kind of attention. When we talk about, in the housekeeping section, about you know being reasonable, looking at statistics and stuff like that, boom, that's what we're talking about right there. We want to take focus of stuff like that for our DFS purposes. We can't all own them in seasonal, but we can take advantage of this in DFS. Um, the four wins that the Lions have had have been against teams with a sub coverage grade. And Cousins passer rating is 135.8 in those games. But the Lions, like we said, they cover, you know, pretty decent. They have a 76.9 coverage grade. So 
you know, Cousins not going to have such a good game this time. Detroit ranks 12th best in league schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, but they rank 8th worst in yards allowed per carry. So the data just suggests go on ahead and run that football if you can, and we know the Vikings can. So that's what's going to happen right there. That's why we don't want to, you know, depend on these Viking wide receivers. The Lions have Damon Harrison plugging up the middle, but again, they've been struggling containing the outside zone, allowing 5.5 yards per carry. That's fourth most. So in this one, what we want to say is the Vikings should be able to run the football, but the Lions, I think, um, I like them. They're at home. They're a better team than what their record says. They got a raw deal from the refs last week. I know they'll be you know, focused on proving themselves this week. I think the home field makes the difference for them in a tough one. Galladay, he's in play. I like, um, you know, you know, basically Stafford too. Um, I, you know, carry on Johnson. They're going to give him his run. He'll get his touches, but the Vikings are stout on the ground. So the path to victory for them is through the air and their defense. Basically, you know, you got to force Cousins to make a mistake, but I'm going to give this one to the Lions. Reload. All right. Our next game is the Raiders. The Raiders at the Packers. The Cheeseheads in Lambeau. Um, the Raiders coming off the bye. I'm going to have to lean off Chucky for a little bit. Been so tough on him. Generally low opinion of this fool, but I'm going to let him have his right now because they've been looking pretty ready. They've been looking ready to play football. That's all you can ask week to week. This team has overperformed in my assessment thus far. So I'm going to lean off of him a little bit. But, um, you know, Carr is ex executing really well. He enters this week as the sixth-ranked quarterback in passing grade. And he leads all at the position with the lowest percentage of uncatchable inaccurate passes thrown at just 10.3%. So limiting the mistakes. We talk about an old school approach of just, you know, limiting the mistakes. Let's start there. You know, they've got that part covered. Josh Jacobs has broken 23 tackles on 88 carries and has more yards after contact than David Johnson has rushing yards total. So he's coming into his own. This is feast time for him. If you can get him, I tried to get him this week. If you can get him, you want to go out and get him. Because I think the Raiders are figuring out what they have. And I see them as being more inclined to use what they have. He's getting 18.8 touches per game. That's volume that you can depend on right there. That's looking to the future. Not looking to the past. Looking to the future. Look, Telling me, if I ask you why you should play somebody... And your response is, well, he did this in week two, or he did that in week five, or he did this, he had this many touchdowns. You're you're basing it on past performance. When you should be saying, well, Ralph, I should play him because he has 18.8 touches per game. You're right. That's indicative of future performance. That's an indicator moving forward that we can depend on you. This is how we get ahead. This is why the same people are at the top of the leagues every year and the same people are at the bottom. It's not that we, you know, have some magic ball. You have to look forward. Don't look back. Darren Waller um, still hasn't had an end zone target. They don't really look at him like that. Resigned him. Gave him some good money this week. So he figures to be in a part of the plans. Maybe they changed that this week, but ultimately probably not the week um to, to have him if you could avoid it and seasonal if you have him definitely fire him up and feel good that he's got his money paid so he may want to be a little extra motivated um 
this Raiders defense, um, the only running back to top 12 PPR points against the Raiders this year was Dalvin Cook back in week three. No one else even reached 60 yards. Um, David Montgomery's week five touchdown is the only touchdown running backs have scored against the Raiders. So not looking great for Aaron Jones this week. We could probably fade him if you have him a seasonal. Go ahead and play him. The Raiders, the Packers have been balanced, and so you know he's going to get touches. I just don't think much is going to come of it. So, um, in terms of you know the Raiders, you know Carr tough day against the Packers secondary. We should fade Josh Jacobs firmly in play. Raiders wide receivers Zay Jones in town, but not the week for him. Tyrell Williams is out. We can fade the Raiders wide receivers. Waller should get the looks. You can play him. Um, GPP format, I think. I'm just thinking this out loud now. I was initially thinking just full fade and the Raiders defense. We don't want a part of that. This is Lambo. On the other side of the thing, the Packers, um, outside the Eagles game, this defense has allowed only 6.8 PPR points per game um, to the run to the, ooh, I don't know to what position that is. It's uh, it's not the running. That's where they're a little bit susceptible. Through the air is where they've been able to. Um, oh, to the quarterback position. Yeah, they've been shutting fools down. So I mean, I don't like you know the path to victory through the air for the Raiders. This is all about the ground game um, for, against the Packers. Now Aaron Rodgers should have some uh, success finding Alan Lazar. I think that's viable right there tougher day for aaron jones jimmy graham maybe an end zone look or two but nothing downfield packers defense i'm interested if you need them this is a game the packers should win reload all right our next game is the texans at the colts and the texans um have solidified a little bit on the offensive line 22.9 percent. that's the pressure rate for deshaun watson it's the second lowest among qualified players in week five and six combined so over those two weeks that's what the pressure rate's been um last week he only managed 55 receiving yards but hawkins did see a healthy 12 targets so you know that's the thing they're going to keep looking for him now he's only seen one end zone target so far this season that's why this production is kind of stymied as it was sorry guys that mic boom keeps coming because i keep hitting my hat keeps hitting the mic because i keep making my head bob up and down that's 101 i should keep my head still maybe if i move that mic down a little bit there we go okay um so yeah hopkins is seeing a healthy amount of targets but you know his production is like i said you know limited by those lack of end zone targets so that's where it's going to be they keep looking for him in the middle of the field he helps move the ball down the chain like they don't have another guy tough enough to move the chains like that that's how they've been using him they got burners over the top you got your stills you got your fuller they have those guys nobody moves the chains like hopkins moves the chains Kuti can do it can't do it excuse me uh, this Texas defense, they've allowed the six most PPR points per game to wide receivers. So, you know, T.Y. Hilton's in play. He also averages uh, 133 receiving averaged 133 receiving yards in three games against them last year. Over the course of a multi-game span, multi-years, he crushes them. 
this is a contest he really likes going up against. Um, so T.Y. Hilton definitely should be in play. They don't really have an answer for him. Um, Houston's given up the seventh, second most fantasy points to right wide receivers and the second most fantasy points to right receivers on short passes. This is why we also like T.Y. Hilton, who lines up on the right side of formations and has gotten 63% of his fantasy points from short passes. So if you just look at the numbers a little bit, all seems to kind of line up to suggest that he is very, very, very much in play as usual against this team, which is why we like him in the cash game format. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think Deshaun Watson, you play him in seasonal. I'm not looking at him in DFS too expensive for a familiar matchup for the Colts. I think that they are not going to get embarrassed, you know, so it's going to be hard for him to pay off in a DFS format. Um, running backs, again, they're not too terrible against the run, the Colts. So, I'm, you know, I don't think that either Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde appear to be anything that is going to amount to a lot of uh, production. Although they will get their touches, um, as far as the wide receivers go, you're playing Hopkins, of course. Um, and DFS probably a little too expensive. It's a tough matchup. It's a very, very tough matchup. Um, you can play them though. You can play them though in GPP formats. Uh, tight end. Uh, this is where you hurt the Colts. So I like this. You could play Fells. You could play Atkins if you want to. I'd say Atkins is GPP. Fells is cash. Fells and seasonal. I'm playing Fells and seasonal. Uh, the defense is uh, middling. Sure, play it if you need to. Um, same thing. Same thing for both defenses. Um, but I think, you know, maybe just Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. The Colts are going to make it tough. You know, I'm not sure that the Texans can win this football game. So it's like the time hesitant to recommend a lot of these dudes. On the Colts side, Brissett, look, Brissett's a top 12 quarterback in both fantasy points per game and per dropback. So he's not a replacement. He's doing it. As far as the defense goes, Colts have allowed third most PPR points per game to tight ends. So again, this is why we like Fells or Atkins. Um, Colts have allowed, the, um, uh, let's see, 22% of the pass plays against them have gone for 15 or more yards, which trails only the Giants and the Dolphins this season. So, you know, that bigger play thing is something that, you know, maybe you can catch them with. So again, um, as far as wide receiver goes, maybe that provides a little bit more insight. Maybe one of those burners over the top. Kenny Stills is back. So you'll see we recommend him in DFS, and that's how we got there. Um, so again, as far as the Colts go, really like Brissett, like what he's going to be able to do against this Texas secondary. They haven't been able to stop a running nose, so I don't think they're going to be able to stop him this week in Indianapolis. Um, Marlon Mack, he'll have a tougher sledding. He may get the touches, but don't know how much that's going to amount. Um, T.Y. Hilton in play. Um, the Colts tight ends probably fading them. Colts defense, if you need it, go ahead. Eh, maybe in play, maybe not. Not using it for DFS, but in as far as this game goes, I think the Colts win. Reload. All right, our next game is the Cardinals at the Giants. Interesting game because of, uh, you know, Peterson's going to be back, but on the other side, you know, the Cardinals or the Giants, uh, Sterling Shepard's back, so they're full healthy. Saquon Barkley's coming back, so very interesting. Both these teams kind of at, you know, uh, fuller force than they've been regularly, usually lately. Um, as far as the Cardinals go, Kyler Murray's picked up nine runs of 10 or more yards and has recorded an 83.5 rushing grade on the year. The second best for a quarterback. So as long as he continues to run, that's where he provides upside for his value. That's why he's in play despite being $6,700 or whatever it is on DraftKings this week because of that rushing upside, this rushing touchdown upside. So 
and play against this Giants defense. The secondary in particular. Giants not too bad against the run, but the secondary is pretty crappy. So, you know, uh, he should be able to find some room in terms of, um, you know, looking for his guys out there. Arizona has run no huddle on 35.5% of their plays. That's over double the second place Bears with 17.3%. So here's the thing though. People, this is why they think it's going to be like this shootout. But here's what I'm suggesting. Peterson's back. Helps the defense out a little bit. Suggs is going to be playing this week. They, they, they get to be a little bit full force, like I said. And so the reason why you have to run no huddle is because you're always trailing, you know, or you're, or you're, you know, you're in that mode. So I'm thinking things are a little slower this week. Okay, that's that's what I'm suggesting. Um, <clears throat> Arizona is giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, so people are going to look to that. But again. That's without Peterson, so I think that one player doesn't change the whole defense, but certainly will you know take away from that effect for sure. Um, they also rank second worst in opposer passing rating, so I mean it's again something that I that's that's that we've seen that again that's the past, but now we need to look at the future. He's going to be here, so we could disregard that and say that they'll be a little tougher than that. It'll be a little tougher for um danny dimes this week actually you know this is a guy that people were begging to play a couple of weeks ago because of one game now he looks like what he is he's just a rookie you know that can get rattled at times um so again i'm probably he has all these weapons He has all these weapons so i'm not going to fault you for one to listen to the stats and play them um but i'd be a little bit more interested in some of the weapons saquon barkley i know better than ever count that man out he's in play DFS, I'm probably avoiding it because it's just so expensive, but I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Uh, wide receivers, you know, he has Tay, he has uh, Sterling. All these guys are coming back, so um, they have a lot of weapons. Ingram, that's been a way to attack the, um, the tight end, but here's the thing. This is also why I'm fading Ingram this week because maybe Peterson goes down and plays Ingram because Ingram plays in the slot like a wide receiver sometimes, so... You know, that could be the effect, right? Which would leave the wide receivers a little bit more open. So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. Um, but ultimately, I do think that the Cardinals are going to uh, have a have a bit of a better game uh, than people anticipate. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, as far as the Giants uh, tight end go, we can, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fade that. I'm fading that. That's That's a bold call. Giants defense, um, I think they're going to be a little overwhelmed and, um, you know, kind of like the Cardinals right here on the road. Reload. Okay. Uh, the 49ers at the Redskins. So, you know, the Niners last week in a three-game, com in a three-way committee, Coleman still saw 18 of the 35 carries. He got three of seven targets, 16 of 29 routes run, and all eight of the team's running back opportunities inside the 20-yard line. So he's distinguished himself. We can play him. Um, the defense for the Niners, they're the only defense to rank top three in both pass rushing grade and pass coverage grade. They rank only behind the Patriots in points allowed per game, in yards allowed per game, and passer rating allowed. They rank third best in sack rate, fourth best in turnovers generated per game. They're also averaging the second most fantasy points per game of any defense. So not going to be a great week for the Redskins. Um, the 49ers defense, 
definitely in play. Uh, Nick Bosa uh, he's now secured at least four pressures in every single game he's played in so far. And through six weeks, he ranks first among rookie edge defenders in pass rush grades. So bringing that pressure, making this defense much more deadly. They've allowed a combined 37.2 PPR points to the wide receivers of the Browns and the Rams. So they've been shutting things down in the air, this defense. The Niners defense has given up the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So again, the Redskins are going to find themselves stymied this week. The Niners are going to rely on their defense, not going to ask Jimmy G to do too much. I think Coleman gets the goal line touches and he gets some run. Um, but certainly Breida if you need him. He's definitely a nice flex option. The wide receivers, I stay away from them. Kittle's in play for sure. The defense is in play. On the other side, Terry McLaurin, uh, he ranks tied for fifth among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. He has at least 50 receiving yards in every game he's in so far. And he's caught five touchdowns in five games. But this one will be a little too tough. So we can't recommend. The Washington defense is allowing the fifth most points to opposing running backs. So this is why we say... Coleman with a little breed is just fine. Cannot recommend Keenum. Cannot recommend, you know, um, you know Peterson or Thompson who has turf toe and may not play. Or Smallwood or anybody else that they put out there. Cannot recommend. Wide receivers, cannot recommend McLaurin or anybody else. Tight end, can't recommend old man Vernon Davis or their defense. So, yeah, the Niners should win this one. It'll just be about how much. Reload. All right, the next game is the Chargers at the Titans. This will be a hard-fought one. Um, the Chargers, you know, their defense, uh, they, they struggled against third-string quarterback Devlin Hodges. So they couldn't stop, um, you know, the running game in that, and that established problems for them. So in this one, Henry is fairly interesting. Um, this season, Hayward has held Marvin Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Corlin Sutton to a combined 3.2 fantasy points. So I think that tough sledding for the Titans passing game and running is definitely the way to go. So Derrick Henry, load him up, right? That's what we're going to see. Um, as far as the Chargers go, again, Phillip Rivers, sneaky price this week. We like that. Um, we may have to roll with him just because the Titans defense is pretty good. I think the Chargers are going to have to maintain some balance. And this team is rocking and reeling, it seems like, since the return of Melvin Gordon. He's kind of thrown off some rhythm that they had before. And they got to look to establish that rhythm again. So hopefully they can do that. Um, I want to say Phil Rivers is in play. As far as the running backs go, I'm probably fading Melvin Gordon. But Eckler should be in play. Wide receivers, Keenan Allen. I'm going to say he's in play. Mike Williams, not so much, I don't think. Um, uh, tight end, I'm probably... Hunter Henry's in play for sure as well. And then the defense, I think, uh, you know, they can be in play. They can be in play. They're going to have to sell out to stop the run. If they don't, that could be their downfall. On the tight end side of things, um, the defense, uh, they are the only, they're only one of four teams to rank top 10 in both pass coverage and run defense. So they rank top six in fantasy points per game, sacks per game, and points allowed per game. So it's going to be tough sledding for the Chargers coming in here, trying to come away with this win. The opposing offenses are attacking the Titans via the slot. So Logan Ryan there has seen 35 targets. That's second most. It's in 25 or 22 catches, which is second most. So Chargers, you know, this is why I like Keenan Allen because I think he can um, run some slot routes and get some production there. Okay. 
So I think that's the path to victory for them. I do think the Chargers can go on the road and get this bounce back win. Reload. All right, our next game is the Ravens at the Seahawks. Sorry, guys. A little sip, sip of the cold brew. Okay, um, the Ravens at the Seahawks. A lot to talk about here. The Ravens, their rushing attack has, has put together 33 runs of 10 or more yards and have combined for 46 broken tackles. So that's the strength of it, okay? The Ravens' passing offense is up from 19th in 2018 to 7th this year. So, you know, they've passed a little bit more earlier in the year than later, but they've still done it a little bit. Jack Lamar Jackson has hit at least 33 DraftKings points in all three of his games against bottom 10 defenses this year. Despite battling injuries, Mark Andrew has seen between seven and nine targets in all six games this year, so he's in play. The Ravens are blitzing at the highest rate in the NFL this season. 50% of opposing quarterback drops. But despite that, they're getting pressured only 32% of the time. That's good for 23rd. So they're doing a lot of blitzing, but getting middling results. They have traded for Marcus Peters. They hope that he can help provide some coverage on the back end that has sorely been needed for them. The Ravens use Marvin Humphrey to shadow Tyler Lockett, probably. Um, Humphrey's been tasked with shadowing the opposing number one wide receiver each of the last four weeks and allows just a 50% catch rate. So I probably wouldn't ask too much of Peters by asking him to do that right away. Let's go ahead and have Humphrey take care of those responsibilities like usual. On the Seahawks side of thing, um, <clears throat> so so wait a minute. So as far as the Ravens go, Lamar Miller, you know he's so tricky. He provides upside in both the passing and the running game. So we have to recommend him. Um, the Seahawks like to stop the run. That's what this defense is built on. So we we have to sit. You know I don't. I wanted to recommend Mark Ingram, but I can't. I don't think because. And we'll talk a little bit about the six one front in just a second. Wide receivers can't do it. Can't recommend these Ravens wide receivers. You can just play Lamar naked with with Mark Andrews, his tight end. The Ravens defense, I'm probably staying away from them. Um, as far as the Seahawks go, Russ Wilson currently leads the league with the 22 end zone throws. So he's just darting to the end zone. He's ranked second in this stat. Second uh, in this in this stat last season with 48. So this dude is just darting him to the end zone. This is why he remains relevant for DFS despite the price hike. Jaron Reed coming back from a six-game suspension. Reed had a breakout 2018 with 11 sacks, 55 tackles for the Seahawks. So he looks to help assert himself on a Seahawks defense that has already been built to stop the run. Clowney started the year slow, but he's kicked it on in recent weeks. He's turned it up a notch. He's, read, he's got 14 pressures over the past three games. The Seattle defense has given up the second most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, though. So that's the problem for them. And Mark Andrews can surely catch. So we like him. They've been playing this 6 1 front. That's where, you know, they have the um, linebacker who goes right down on the line, just like the other linemen. They have the. Uh, uh, the remaining linebacker play in the middle and then the safety the strong safety comes down and plays right side of him 6-1 front they've been using this to stay tough against the run and so you know that Lamar Jackson is going to see this they run a variation of this to stop the pass also this is what the matchup is going to be for the most part of this game 
And um, it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do. I think you got to pass out of this, but I don't know how they do it. So that's why I just say Lamar naked. Um, as far as the Seahawks goes, Russ Wilson in play. Carson, I think he has to be in play because the uh, Ravens can't tackle. They're so bad at it, and they don't want any parts of that, it seems. So he's in play. Lockett's going to have a tough ass today. So I don't I don't think that we can you know depend on him this week. Tight end, Luke Wilson is a blocker, so we can eliminate that as an option. Seahawks defense, if you need it, if they're there, I'm interested. It could be a savvy little play, um, but I did just sort of um, swap away from them myself. But in this game, I do see that Seattle can win this one. Reload. All right, and our next one, it's the Eagles at the Cowboys, the Sunday night game. The Eagles... So Wentz has dealt with 17 drops so far. That's the most of any quarterback. So his numbers would be better if it were not for that. Um, these guys are hauling in just 33.3% of their contested targets. That's good for 27. So his receivers aren't helping him out that much. Nelson Aguilar has gotten the chance the last three weeks. 13 targets at a 20.4 yard average depth of target. And he only has 62 yards in that time. So... Even though Deshaun Jackson's out this week, it's going to be better when he comes back because he can help stretch the field and he's going to help increase numbers for Wentz too, who has still played well despite his receivers not, you know, helping him out. They ought to consider trading for a receiver if they can. Um, Smile Sanders put up his numbers while playing just 19 of the Eagles' 65 offensive snaps. So, you know, I know he had a touchdown last week, but we want to be weary of that. Jordan Howard was on the field for 40 snaps. And Sanders' six touches was just two more than Boston Scott got. So, it's not him. It's Jordan Howard. Like we said earlier, he's taking over. Philadelphia has given up the most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. And, the, and, um, and, and this time, 30% uh, more than the next closest team. So we know what the secondary is. We know that for them, the Cowboys need to try to attack. Amari Cooper is going to play. You know he's enticed to play by stats like that. They're also giving up the most schedule-adjusted uh, fantasy points per game to opposing wide receiver too. So Gallup in play. So Dak should be able to stretch the field. It's going to be tough sledding for Ezekiel Elliott. The Eagles are very good against the run. So we, we know that's going to be a problem. No team has allowed more than 30 excuse me no team has allowed more 30 yard touchdowns to opposing passing attacks or more 100 yard receivers than the eagles have this season they've allowed six of both so yeah it's going to be all about dallas's pass game um as far as the eagles go playing catch up maybe you know that's what this is going to be about um dallas though they can't stop the run. That's I think that's where you start. Jordan Howard has to be in play. You got to solidify the run um, and start right there because we've seen that these receivers can't be too trusted. Um, Ertz, you know, you got to look to him. I think get him involved, and hopefully the Eagles defense can um, help make you know help some create some turnovers and make a mistake. But um, ultimately, in this one, I think they find a way. The Cowboys have only beaten the teams that they should have beat. They have not been able to beat the teams that, you know, are as tough or tougher. So I think the Eagles find a way to win this game. And reload to our final shot. This is it. It's the Monday night game. The Patriots at the Jets. Um, This Patriots team, we know they're going to win this game. But the, the defense, they've allowed one passing touchdown all year. And they haven't allowed a quarterback to reach 12 fantasy points yet. So, you know, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here 
and invent reasons to recommend Jets just so I can say I had a good recommendation or some recommendation. Sometimes you got to know when your number's called. And the Jets have had some good momentum. It was a great win last week. They're fired up for this game. They want to win this game. This is an ambitious team, but this ain't the time, I don't think. So, you know, as far as, you know, who they are, uh, the Jets rank bottom seven in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to wide receiver ones. So I'm just saying Edelman's in play. They rank bottom seven in fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers on short passes. And they rank bottom 10 in fantasy points per game allowed to slot wide receivers. So all that says Brady to Edelman is what I'm seeing. Brady's in play. Edelman's in play. Um, I think that's the path to victory. The Patriots are inclined to just keep doing it as long as you give it to them. So that spells a recipe for disaster. Um, Outside of that, you know, Josh Gordon probably not going. Dorsett looks like he's going. Don't know. You know, one of those guys is going to have to step up. Um, White, I do like him for the pass catching abilities. Somebody's going to have to divert some of these targets. Could probably fade the running game. If you have Sonny Michelle, you have to play him as seasonal. But for DFS, we probably don't want any parts of that in this game. The Patriots should win. And that was our final shot. So there you go. That was our reload segment for week seven. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right. So finally, let's get on to our DFS picks for the week. And this is already posted on the website. So you have it there in, um, you know, that Excel format, too, for your review. And uh, let's just start with the quarterbacks. You know, a couple things, though, you can't, uh, you know, some people want to be a little savvy with GPPs. Can't pay for people like Tannehill or Trubisky just because you don't know if he's going to leave the game for injury or poor performance. So you can't waste your money there. All right. Just a little note there. Um, You know, Minshew comes with some risk because of the Cincinnati run defense. They're just so bad, you know, just so bad. He may not even be needed. So. You know, I'm not recommending. So here's what we're going with. Um, I'm going to try to get it in money order here. So at the top, Lamar Jackson, 6,800 with the GPP. We know the road looks tough based on that 6-1 front. We just talked about it. But if they can find some room, um, <clears throat> it'll be interesting. And he's definitely a nice GPP play at that price. It's not like he's 7,000 or anything like that. So after that, we could take Kyler Murray, $6,700 for cash. That's the, that's the path to victory right there. Um, the rushing yards provide the upside that we need to go ahead and lock him in as well. Um, Russ Wilson, $6,600 as a cash play. Everything that they do revolves around him. I go back and forth, back and forth about recommending this guy to you guys this week and decided I'm going to stick with it because ultimately don't want to give you too many recommendations, but I don't want to give you too few either. I was looking at my numbers and it's really, I was at first, I'm like, man, so many quarterbacks, so many running backs, but really it's not a lot. I'm giving you like three or four recommendations for each position for cash game. And then I'm giving you three or four recommendations for each position for GPP. That's about what you guys need. Cause it's not about stacking my team to make your perfect team. It's about supplementing 
my picks or my advice uh, or my suggestions with what you already have. I am not trying to be the person that's like, play this dude because I said, I am trying to be the person that gives you intelligible information so that you can decide who the best people to play are. You will know who I would tell you who to play is. And then you can slot that person in if unsure. So you build that DFS lineup. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, for my last receiver spot, I got, you know, um, you know, I got $5,900 that I'm working with. You know, what should I be doing? That's something that I want you to be entrusting me with, not taking all of my picks and stacking them into a team. That's not what you should be doing. This is supplementary because we have to grant the fact that you have knowledge, too, that you're going to use. That's that's a big part of this. So very big difference in what I'm offering versus what other people are offering out there. And that's why my critical free information is so important to be coupling with your information. All right. So again, that was Russ Wilson. Um, <clears throat> now moving forward, Jacoby Brissett, fifty six hundred dollars cash play, of course. Um, and then at number five for for uh, quarterbacks, I have Phil Rivers, fifty five hundred dollars. He's a good GPP play just because it's too cheap. Um, at that sub sub rate, we want to take a, a shot at that in the GPP format um, against Tennessee in Tennessee. Um, they're actually 0-2 at home this year, so something to think about there. Uh, Andy Dalton and GPPs like it, $5,400. Recommending that as well. So, again, something to think about. And then, finally, Matt Stafford at $5,200 for GPP. Those are the quarterbacks that we're going to go with. Um, dudes like Matt Ryan, I mean, you know, we're getting to a point to where it's too much to pay off, basically. So, we, you know, we want to fade that and look for better value at the quarterback position. Now, moving on to these running backs down here, um, <clears throat> Dalvin Cook for GPP purposes only because he's 8000 It's a lot for the cash game, but uh, for GPPs, lock it in. We talked earlier. He's in a good spot. Leonard Fournette for cash, though, $7,000. let us do that. Um, had initially recommended Ingram. We're going to cross that off. That's done. Um, but Carson, though, Chris Carson, $6,500 for GPPs. Load him up. Derrick Henry, $5,800 for GPPs. Load it up. Uh, Tevin Coleman, $5,600 for GPPs loaded up. Frank Gore, $5,200 for cash. And then a uh, favorite play for the week. Just chalk that thing in, man. Latavius Murray. I had originally had him as a GPP play, thinking that a banged-up Kamara was going to play. Now that it's just Murray, it's a cash play. It's just straight cash. Plug it in. Start your cash game lineup right there. That's where you start your cash game lineup. Plug him in first. Build around that. All right, Josh Jacobs, $5,000, incredible value for what we know is going to happen. Cash game right there, cash. See, there's high-end cash game picks and low-end cash game picks. My suggestion is to be coupled the other. Don't try to do two cheaps, right? Like two of the cheap ones, two of the high-end ones, that's dumb. Do it the smart way. Well, one expensive with, you know, maybe that's how you fit in cook, right? But anyways... Daryl Henderson, $3,500 for GPPs. We like that if Malcolm Brown doesn't go. So those are the running backs right there. And then as far as the wide receivers go, um, so, you know, we want to recommend for GPP purposes, Keenan Allen, $6,700. We can, we can stomach that price. DJ Chark, $6,000 um, GPP. I'm going to say because of the price, it's a little steep. T.Y. Hilton, $5,900. That's a cash game play. Robert Woods, $5,900 is a cash game play. 
um, if you want to get involved in that supposed shootout. Kenny Galladay, $5,800 cash or GPP. I'm okay with that. So he makes you know one of our stacks down there. Um, Tyler Boyd, $5,600. We like that as a GPP play. And he's in one of the stacks too. Brandon Cooks, that's the GPP play at $5,400. So, so again, Robert Woods at $5,900 is the cash game play from the Rams wide receivers. And then the GPP play would be Brandon Cooks at $5,400. Calvin Ridley's in play at $5,300 in cash games. Um, Cole Beasley at $4,700 in cash games. Taylor Gabriel at $3,900 in GPPs. That's my little salary saver for the week. And then we also like Alan Lazar, $3,000 in cash games. You can play him. Um, and then Kenny Stills, $4,300 for GPPs, the burner. We can play. We can think about that. Um, for tight ends, George Kittle's in play, $6,700 for cash. Um, it's a little steep, but he could pay it off. Austin Hooper's in play at $5,300 for GPPs. And then Mark Andrews, $4,900 for cash. I'm probably landing there. Hunter Henry, $4,000 for cash. Gerald Everett, $3,700 for GPPs. And then Josh Oliver, $2,900 for GPPs. Very interesting. All right, defense. Very straightforward this week again, guys. The Bills, that's our cash game play. You want to pay up. Uh, Bills, $4,300 against Miami at home. They're going to get it. $4,300, pay it. You won't be sorry. Um, on the GPP side, we like the Saints. In Chicago against the Bears, $2,900. That's where you take your stab. And then the Dolphins, we have to have some interest at $1,500 for GPPs. Never seen that price. So if they do anything at all, they would pay it off. Anything at all. So got to be interested for GPPs to help fit in some other more expensive guys. Something to think about. I will probably do that with one of my GPP lineups just because the price is so low never seen anything offered at one five let alone a defense and then for the stacks i like the chargers the qb and the wide receiver one you could probably throw the tight end one in too if you want detroit we like um the qb and the wide receiver one sneaky stack for the week is what i'm calling it cincinnati we like the qb the wide receiver one and possibly the wide receiver two as well that's part that's fine um, and then the Colts, the QB, and then the wide receiver one. And then Baltimore, the QB, and the um, running back is what I was going to suggest before. And I'm still going to stick with it, but it's GPP. As you can tell, I'm just very on the fence about Mark Ingram this week. But those are the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. So good luck, y'all. Hopefully you are using this to march to victory like we did last week. Let's keep surging forward. Well, there we have it, Tiger Bombers. Thanks again for joining me this week. We uh, Hopefully, I brought you another week of great information. I know I've been using it to nail down some significant victories. Looking to bounce back with some of the seasonals. Looking to keep the momentum going with some of the other seasonals. Looking to keep the momentum going with DFS. As usual, you know where to find me. Between um, you know the emails, the Facebook, the Twitter, if you need help putting some lineups together. But let's go ahead and win, guys. It's so much more fun when you're winning. So let's go ahead and continue the process by winning. Thanks again for joining me this week. Really appreciate it. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Until next time, remember this is your home to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.